0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAD. How are you
1: doing today? Doing well. How are you?
0: I am outstanding. What can I help you with?
1: Okay, so I have a few questions. Um, Okay, so I recently found your YouTube channel, And I've been like watching the videos when I can. Um, But one of them, you were talking about the importance of shadowing and clinical experience. Um, And you even gave a couple of instances where people had, you know, like a 520 MCAT and an amazing GPA, but they had no um, shadowing or clinical experience.
0: (laughs) I I have a better one for you. Uh, Shortly here, as, as we're recording this, I have an episode of Application Renovation. Student with a 4.0528. Perfect stats. Oh, and still no. didn't get in med school, most likely because of a lack of clinical experience and shadowing.
1: Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's part of why I'm here. Um so when I was in my undergrad, just to give, I guess, a little bit of background. So I got my undergrad at UNT in Denton. Okay. Um graduated in 2018. But while I was there, they didn't really put a lot of focus on shadowing and clinical experience. Um, what do you mean they didn't put a lot of focus well, on my pre-health advisor? Okay. Um, specifically, um, so anyways, I, I tried to take the MCAT. I was a little too confident because my GPA at the time was pretty strong. Okay. Um, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I took it, didn't do well. And I was like, okay, I need to like study harder I didn't know how to study better though, because yep. I was yep. studying for it. Like I'd study for like a class and obviously that didn't work out. So anyways, after I took it the second time I did improve, but I was still pretty close. I was just under 500. So pretty bad. Um, and at the time I was in ROTC for air force. So I was like, you know what, I'll just get my first assignment in the air force I'll go through that whole process. And then when, when that's done, I'll reattack and go again. Okay. And as a result, I've kind of pushed that to the back burner. Uh, and now I'm worried that my lack of shadowing and clinical experience is really going to hurt me. So I've been, I'm in Minot right now. Um, I'm not sure how familiar with you are with it, but obviously it's a small town. Do you know the There's flight not- docs there? Um, I do. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Amanda? I don't know Amanda.
0: Dr. Amontrope. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Mm-hmm. She's, one of, I... she's one of the flight docs at uh, Minot.
1: Okay. Okay. So anyways, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really worried. I only had about 30 hours of shadowing experience while I was in my undergrad and I'm trying to sort of catch up on it now. Um, I just recently applied to work uh, through hospice in town and I reached out to the the hospital and was like, Hey, I'm trying to get some shadowing experience. Is there anything you can do to help me? They gave me a list of things that they need. So anyways, long story short or long question short. um, Do you think it would look bad for me to have waited this long? um, If I'm applying this application cycle, like, is there still time to save myself to (laughs) some degree. Yeah. I I should just like postpone a year. So
0: it's such a common question. And at the end of the day, I, I can't answer it because the answer is always from my position that consistency with clinical experience with shadowing is important and shadowing and clinical experience are the two key things. Clinical experience being first and foremost in terms of being able to tell your story about why you're here in the first place, applying to medical school. And so the line of thinking of, can I just squeeze it in now before I apply to medical school to me? Like, no, because how do you know you want to apply to medical school? You're not getting clinical experience. Perfect. So that that's my stance on like the, I'll, I'll die on that sword. Mm-hmm. But if you're telling me or asking me like, can I start getting it now and apply? Well, sure, you can. There's nobody stopping you. Like You watch my videos. People are applying with 4.0s and 5.28s not getting into medical school because they can apply without good clinical experience, without shadowing, without an understanding of why they're doing this themselves, and without a good track record to prove to the medical schools that they, they understand what they're doing. So... You can. Yeah. I just don't think it's wise because getting those experiences is what's foundational to being able to tell the story about why you're here in the first place. Hmm. Right. Right. Am I missing something?
1: No. I mean, I totally (laughs) expected this answer. I was like, (laughs) I know you're going to give it to me straight because you're, you're a straight shooter. So yeah, I guess that's, that's been something I've been, most worried about um because like yeah it's it's a big deal but but
0: but there's nothing really to worry about yeah just go go get experiences and you'll just have to wait a year to apply yeah so yeah the logistics and and you don't have to right again this is me (laughs) saying i would highly highly recommend it right because i just see too many people applying with great stats not getting in because they just don't, they don't know why they're there. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll still ask my next questions. Um, So for my personal statement, um, basically one day I just kind of sat down and I was like, okay, why do I want to be a doctor? And um, you know, as you've mentioned, like people want to help people, and they like science, which is a good baseline, you know, hopefully you would want to help people and hopefully you like science, but (laughs) I like continue to ask why until I couldn't answer that question anymore. Okay. So I have a list of why's essentially, and now I'm trying to figure out, I mean, they get more, I guess, detailed as I get further down the list, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, which ones do I include? Which ones, like, how do I kind of, yeah, meld it together
0: yeah so there's a video that we put out on my youtube channel about a month or two ago uh it's a it's a recording from application academy it's one of the the sessions that i did with the application academy group and it was all about finding your seed so i would highly recommend watching that if you haven't already um and, and the seed is important because that's your exposure to healthcare that helps the reader understand why you're going down this path. And then in my language that I talk about in my personal statement book and in my application book, it's it's what are the watering events? What experiences have you had that have confirmed that this is what you want? Now, mm-hmm. for you, you don't have many watering events because you're not getting clinical experience. So it's going to be very hard. And this is the problem that students run into you can't tell your story without the experiences and Mm -hmm. so you could have a whole list of things but if they're not clinical experiences in my opinion then they don't really help to tell the Mm -hmm. story so uh watering events or the experiences that you're putting together in the application in your personal statement like you can have a whole list of them and read them off to me, I can't tell you which experiences are the most impactful for you. I can't tell you which experiences are the ones that you think about day in and day out as kind of motivators to continue this path to be a doctor. I can't tell you which ones are going to be the best ones to put in your application to to really knock it home. right? So I can't tell you that nobody can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's your story. It's not my story. It's your story. Mm-hmm. This is not a choose your choose your own adventure of like, oh I wonder if we if we pick that one. What what's gonna happen next?
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, so not to get like into the weeds, <clears throat> but basically like it's not like a hundred percent clinical. So I've had like experiences um, that definitely solidified it for me, at least on a non-clinical side. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, right. yeah, I don't know. Um, so,
0: so let, let's, let's do this thought experiment. Cause obviously you want to go there. Yeah. Tell me a non-clinical experience that has solidified that you want to be a doctor.
1: Um, so after I graduated in 2018, I did the 4k for cancer. Um, which was a cross-country bike ride to raise money and awareness for young adults with cancer. Um, So basically, it was me and my team of, I think there were 24 of us. We started in Baltimore, Maryland, and cycled across the country to Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, we um, obviously got to stop at a bunch of different communities, some that we've well, I say we, some that the program had stopped through for multiple years. So they had kind of a presence there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there were specific hospitals along the way that we would stop and interact with um, basically young adults with cancer. Okay. Um, So obviously I wasn't getting to like, my experience with them wasn't clinical per se, but getting to interact with them, and really, just have conversations with the older, um, I guess, teenagers and adults, and then do fun activities with the kids. Um, to a degree, I felt like that was very powerful for me. And then getting to hear their stories and give scholarships along the way, and see you know the impact that that organization had so, on them. So go work
0: at that organization. You don't have to be a doctor to continue doing that.
1: True. Sure. Okay.
0: And then at at the end of the day, and this is why clinical experiences, again, in my opinion, uh, are really the only ones that help solidify why medicine is because there has to be some sort of logical, tangible connection between this led to this. Mm -hmm. And in the personal statement, you're saying this led to me wanting to be a doctor. So riding a bike and interacting with kids who are, surviving or thriving or still trying to beat cancer that doesn't connect to i want to be a doctor because i liked playing with kids with cancer and riding Mm. a bike Mm.
1: it's a good point Mm. okay well then I'll, i'll move on um Okay. So I recently saw this one. There was an applicant that was talking to you long story short. It sounded like he had the skills that he needed to do well on the MCAT, but he had pretty bad test anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so you recommended trying to find either a psychologist or psychiatrist to talk about, you know, how to cope with that. Yep. Um, yep. And then me being in the career field that I'm in and then having to work with like the PRP side of things, I'm wondering if that's even a, an avenue that I'm able to take, you know, because it kind of gets hairy. So do you have any other, I guess, recommendations or do you think I should still pursue trying to find somebody in that area to get help from? So so PRP,
0: just for someone listening, is not plasma rich protein. <laughs> uh, PRP is the designation in the military when you're typically in and around uh, nuclear weapons and and other fun stuff like that. Uh, That's what I'm assuming you're you're talking about, right? Um, So the PRP world, uh, for those who don't know, is very much a like very controlled and very regulated and you need to be tip top shape and all that stuff. I think you'd be perfectly fine going and seeking help for test anxiety Not generalized anxiety disorder. Um, So I I think you'd be perfectly fine. And again, the flight docs are going to be the ones uh, that are the PRP people there. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you just want to go ask that question and for, for clarification, you'd probably be just fine. Okay.
1: Awesome. Um, okay. So then related to the MCAT, if I decide that, um, cause I'm scheduled to take the MCAT at the end of April. And then I was going to try to apply early June um, just because that's what you recommend. Mm. And, you know, it looks better. Um, but if I decide that the shadowing and clinical experience or the lack thereof is a strong enough reason to push that back a year. Um, I mean, I guess I would just have to cancel the, the test. Um, you don't have
0: to I mean if if you've been preparing to take it and you think you're going to be ready to take it there's no Mm -hmm. problem taking the MCAT the year before you apply
1: okay yeah I guess I'm just worried because with the first two that I took the score wasn't great because I didn't take it seriously and now that I've had more time to you know mature and I've had at least multiple opportunities to be like you know what I'm just going to stick with like being a missileer in the air force, like I'm done with medicine and then coming back for a third time. If I do bad, then I'm taking it for a fourth time. And I know we have seven, but the more you take it and you know, bad scores, I feel like that's not helping me. So, so get that out of your head.
0: You can take it six times and crush it your seventh time and be just fine.
1: Okay. Sweet. Okay. So I have two last questions to wrap it up. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> as part of the application process, they want or they strongly recommend a pre health committee letter. Yep.
0: Um, no, would no. I be? So, so, get that out of your head.
1: No, okay. Who, who
0: strongly recommends a pre health committee letter?
1: Okay, maybe it's the med schools.
0: But, or, so, but, I was looking at like the how? uniform.
1: Sir. So, how?
0: so here here's where there's a lot of misconceptions around this whole language. If you go to a school that has a committee that writes committee letters, then typically med schools will have this language of like, like, yeah, we would prefer that. Okay. But the far majority of students out there don't have access to a committee letter. Okay. And even if you go to an undergrad that does do committee letters, there are a million reasons why you wouldn't want one or you can't get one from that committee. I recently was tweeting about this because I saw it on Reddit and it just pissed me off. There's a school, and I'll call them out, right? Hunter College in uh, which is a state university in New York. Um, they require a competitive MCAT score to be able to qualify for a committee letter. And they have ridiculous amounts of requirements to be able to get that committee letter as well. But the competitive MCAT to get that committee letter for allopathic schools, and they separate allopathic and osteopathic depending on which schools you're applying to, which whatever. For an allopathic school, they require to get a committee letter of five freaking 14. Oof. It's atrocious. Committees like that need to go bye-bye. They need, they need to just stop creating all these artificial barriers and burdens on the student with these just atrocious, made-up, inflated stats that they think students need to get into medical school. Like, just stop offering committee letters and start providing advice to students. Good advice. So anyway... You don't have to have a committee letter. Okay. Even schools that strongly recommend one, like they can only strongly recommend it for students who actually can get a committee letter if they go to a school that offers a committee, which most students don't. There's so much misinformation and misunderstanding about this whole process, which is why I have a job making YouTube videos and t- <laughs> and, and, and podcasts. I was going to say yeah. TikToks. I, I want to make more TikToks. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, I definitely appreciate them. I feel like in the short time that I've known of your YouTube channel and, um, you know, just the resources that you provide, I've learned a lot compared to when I was an undergrad talking with my pre-health advisor. So uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Okay. So then last question, uh, since we have a couple of minutes for letters of recommendation, since I've had quite a few years since undergrad and now, and I'm working on my master's to kind of fill the gap, which was another thing because I, there's another, another situation where you're like, you know, most people are like, Oh, you know, let me start with, you know, going back into school so I can show med school that I'm like proficient or whatever. Yep. Or instead it should be like, maybe I should use this time to get clinical and shadowing experience. Yep. So yep. I kind of shot myself in the foot, but nevertheless, <laughs> I, uh, I, I decided to work on my master's cause you know, I thought it would be helpful. So then, in that situation, would I? Would it make more sense to reach out to the professors I've had so far for a letter of recommendation versus trying to reach out to, you know, someone from undergrad that probably doesn't even remember me anymore?
0: Um, well, that, that's your answer. Why, yeah. why would you reach out for a letter of recommendation from someone who doesn't yeah, remember know. you know you? Yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, I think... That's pretty much it. Small. So like as far as military service, should I, like, I don't even know what I would talk about in like the work and activity section. Like what would you find, I guess, applicable or I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like just say something to say something, if that makes sense. Correct. Like I want to contribute something valuable if I type
0: about it. <laughs> it's all about showing who you are. Show your impact. Show the impact it had on you. There's there's a lot to talk about. You okay. you just have to go and
1: reflect. Awesome. Sweet. Well yeah, those were those were the big ones. But yeah, the clinical and shadowing was I knew it was gonna be a hard yeah. truth. I knew it was gonna be a hard truth. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: And then, and then when it comes to the MCAT, sounds like maybe you're headed in a better direction uh, MCAT-wise, taking it a little bit more seriously this time. If you haven't checked out the MCAT podcast that I do with Blueprint MCAT, I would highly recommend going and checking that out. Obviously, free to, to go listen to all those podcast episodes. Okay.
1: Awesome.
0: All right. Thank you. Yes, good luck to you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.